Joe Jordan is the head of the CE4 Research Group, an investigative research group that studies the so-called alien abduction phenomenon from a Christian perspective. The research findings of the group, the most powerful evidence in the world today of the true nature of the entities behind the so-called alien abduction experience, have been published in over 37 different authored books in the past two decades. Joe is also MUFON's National Director for South Korea and a MUFON Rapid Deployment Star Team member and a member of the MUFON Inner Circle, and he's joining us today. Hi, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Joe, we recently uh, got together and spoke about uh, your new book, Piercing the Cosmic Veil, and we spoke about what was involved in the book and your research, and it was quite extensive and, and really created a lot of interest out there. And I guess that's what the book was meant to do. It was meant to, uh, it was meant to ask questions of people and, and, and then kind of get them to, to look at the research and do their own. Uh, research, but how much effort went into that book in, in producing, in fact, how much research? Well, it was 25 years put together to finally get that thing put out there. Um, I've been trying to get a book put together with the research for the whole 25 years that I've been doing this. And it was finally last year that it was, it was just like I was sitting at dinner one night with my wife and we were eating dinner and we were talking casually. And all of a sudden I looked up and I said, the book's done. She goes, what book? You're writing a book? And I said, hmm. I've waited 25 years for this book. And I said, it's done. She says, what's done? And I said, the book I'm supposed to write. And within three months, I had it finished. It just all came together finally. Wow. And, you know, I, I had to look back on that and, and try to comprehend what happened there. And at any time between when I started and last year, if I had decided to finally sit down and put that book together, I would have looked back at, at, at that and said, you know, I wish this would have been in there or I wish that would have been in there. It just wasn't time. It wasn't finished. It wasn't at a point where it was all ready to be put together. Right, right. And at, at that time also, I'm sitting on, you know, close to 100 never-before-seen testimonies that I've been uh, collecting through the research. And I thought, you know, I've got to get these out there, you know, in some format for people to see. And I thought I'd put a, you know, a good portion of them into the book. But the book had a twofold purpose. It, it wasn't just to get people to read and ask the right questions. It was primarily to be used as a tool to be able to take the research findings and put it together in a format that I could hand it to you and you could take that information that I've accumulated in that time, all that work, and you could take it and share it with the next guy. You right. know, in other words, I could duplicate myself through you or anybody else because everything is right there for you to work with. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you had further questions, of course, you could contact me and I could clarify it for you. But what I'm trying to do is to be able to empower others to be able to take this same work that I've done and not reinvent the wheel out there but take what's already been done and just use it to reach other people and help other people like I've been doing. Um, I don't claim this in any way. 25 years ago, 
this was given to me. This this piece of the this unwanted piece of the UFO puzzle was given to me to take and share with the world. All I've done is what I was asked to do: collect the information, put it out there, and help others get free from this horrible right. experience. Right. And that's what I've been doing all along. Um, it's time to be able to get others involved to where they can do the same thing and reach even more people. And yeah. I, I think it's even more important now that we're getting to this point to where they're talking about disclosure coming down the pike, you know, and I think uh, more, it's more important now than, than it ever was. So in a nutshell, let's tell the audience what the book is about, what the research is about for those that may not have seen our first chat together or read the book. Well, the book's broken up into three sections. The first part of the book is my story and of the how I got into all of this in the first place. Um, it takes it from the very beginning to where I picked up the first book on UFOs, um, coming from no interest into this subject at all, picked up a book on UFOs, and it drug me right down the rabbit hole. And then it was my journey into ufology and how I came across uh, the interesting part of this phenomenon called abductions, my involvement with MUFON, and coming across the interesting case of somebody being able to stop an abduction experience, which at that time, back in the uh, mid-90s, they were saying that it could not be stopped. And a lot of people are saying that it still can't, you know. Um, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases later, I'd have to say that uh, you need to do your work. Um, it's, it's that history of CE4 research. This is the first part of the book. And then what I did for the middle part of the book is I knew people were going to have questions. And instead of me just deciding, well, I'm going to answer as many questions as I can in the book, what I did is I have a CE4 research Facebook page. And I've got thousands some followers on the page. And what I did is I offered it to my followers. I said, I'm putting a project together finally putting a book together. This was a couple of years ago. And I said, I'm giving an opportunity for you guys as followers of my work to be part of the book. If you ask a question and nobody else has asked it yet, I'll give you credit for the question and I'll put your name in the book for asking it. And then I'll answer the question. It may not be me answering it. I may use somebody else's answer like a peer that agrees with my research but answers it better than me more eloquently should i say and but there will be an answer for the for the question and i will let you know that if there's just a flat out no answer because i don't have an answer for it i'm gonna be honest and tell you i don't have an answer for it i'm looking into it okay but that was the ground rules and i ended up with about 35 36 37 questions before it was over and they were all good and they were all separate from each other. And that was the middle part of the book. Right. And it was very good because these were the questions that, that they wanted answers to. Some that I never even thought of that they would even ask, yeah. which was really good. And it, some of them were, 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 were good enough to where I thought, you know what? I got a guy that's worked with me for years that did a really good answer on that one. And uh, Gary Bates had some good answers in there. Uh, Ian Juby from Canada, another guy that's, that's worked in creation science. He did a good one. 
my buddy Guy Malone answered one of them. Uh, Mike Heiser answers one. So there were some good people in there that have worked with him and, and, and his we, peers. And, and were people satisfied with the answers you gave them? Yeah, they were. They were. Because, uh, you know, we've all worked together in this same field and we've really done this deep research for a long time. So they were satisfied with the answers and they know that I agreed with the answers. Otherwise I wouldn't have put them in the book. And then the last part of the book, the third part is the evidence itself, you know, and I could have put a couple testimonies in there and, and that would have been sufficient, but I thought, you know what, how many, cause I've always asked this at the conferences. I ask people that, you know, when I do my talks, I said, how many testimonies does it take to convince you that what I'm telling you is real? You know, because whatever number you give me, I can match that number. Because even if it's a high number and I don't have that many yet, they're coming in every week. And they still are. 20 years later, I'm still getting testimonies come in. Every show that I do like this, somebody new that's never heard this work is going to say, you know what? I've done that. Nobody's listened to me. I'll share this testimony with you. If it can help somebody else get free, I'll be glad to share it with you. So new testimonies keep coming in and I keep putting them in the database to be able to share. So at the end of this book, I've got over 60 testimonies in there as testimonial evidence that these testimonies can be stopped in one particular matter, okay? There's no other manner that works. And it's not just that they can be stopped while they're happening. These things can be terminated from the life of these people where they don't happen again. And that's yep. nothing. There's nobody else in the UFO realm that can make that claim. There's nothing else out there that works like that. Putting tinfoil on your head when you sleep doesn't work like that. Right. Putting garlic on the, under your pillow doesn't work like that. There's no other name out there besides Jesus Christ that works. Mm -hmm. like this muhammad buddha krishna none there's only one name that stops this experience and, that's and these the testimonies do that show and that's that. and that's the whole premise of the book is that uh, if you think or if you're being abducted or continually visited and it's not a good experience and you think that you can't do anything about it uh your book is telling people yes they can do something about it sure it, it's a hope that doesn't exist out there for people that are having these traumatic experiences. And I'll have to tell you, because I get a lot of, of feedback on this one. You made the comment, you were specific about saying people that have bad experiences, meaning that there must be people that have good experiences. Well, there, we know in the research that a lot of people claim that, well, I don't have bad experiences. Well, in the research, what we're finding is Yes, people have good experiences too, but the information that comes from these experiences, there's communication from these entities to the people that have the experiences. And there are red flags that go up when you start looking at the communication and what's being told to these people. And my partner of 20 years in my work, Guy Malone, this is study and he really brings this one out good we've done a one-two punch over the years um he'll do his talk on the communication and i'll bring it home with the evidence but his talk on the communication and the research he's done on this 
shows you that these people that are claiming they're having the good experiences, actually, when you look at it in depth and look at what the communication is, it brings up a red flag and makes you question how good is it? Because it's deceptive by far. Everything that they're telling you here is in the communication. They're very insistent, these entities, of making a point that they're anti-God, anti-Jesus Christ, anti-creation, okay? And you have to look at that and ask why. Because if these are beings coming from far off systems somewhere, far advanced systems, and they come to this lonely little planet, why would they come here to bash one belief system when we have so many different belief systems on this planet? Why come here to bash just this one? Because it's interesting, because even though I say there's so many belief systems on this planet, when you really get down to studying these belief systems, there's only two. There's the one belief system that believes that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Son of God, and then there's all the others. But they only come after that one. But at the same time, they all react to that name. That's something that you really got to look at. That raises red flags. Okay. So are you really dealing with a good experience or are you just being even more deceived? In other words, what we're seeing this as is like if you're watching a TV show, a TV cop show, where they do the little game when they arrest somebody and they're interrogating them. And they're playing good cop, bad cop. One's real nasty to the person. The other one's trying to make them feel real good. Mm-hmm. But what are we dealing with? They're both cops. So okay. we're seeing well, the same thing here. So then it begs the question, if that's the case, and, and they come here and bash uh, one belief system, um, I mean, what's what's the agenda here? Is are the people doing the bashing? What what you know what we term as as demons, really demons, and and not not um, biological entities. Everything the research is showing is pointing to an entity that. Well, it's a matter of terminology we're going that I'm getting into here. If you if you start following, if if you're following, or if you haven't, start following them. Um, the information that's coming out of the press right now and from our government on this whole disclosure aspect that they're talking about. Uh, If you're looking at the news and you're seeing all the stuff that's coming from the Navy and the military of the sightings that they're having with the Tic Tac, with the the pyramid, Mm -hmm. and you look at what they're describing, how these things act and behave. Um, they're talking about them being of high technology. They're talking about these things having the ability to defy physics. This is, these are key things to listen to. They're talking about these things being more possibility of being other dimensional. Okay. And then you start looking at what we're finding in the abduction realm. What we found in the research with the abduction experience is, and I think I talked about this on the first show, 
is the abduction experience shows to be more of a visionary type experience, not a physical experience. Everything's pointing to this entity behind this being an interdimensional type entity, an interdimensional entity that has the ability, lack of terminology, to be able to manifest temporarily into our physical realm. Okay. Now, if you listen to Louis Elizondo and the talks that he does, he's really putting some pointers out there that needs to be listened to. And a lot of people just aren't picking up on it. And I think a lot of it is because they have a preconceived notion of what they want disclosure to be. And he keeps telling you, you really need to drop that. You really need to be open to looking at this from other avenues. You know, he's giving us every leeway to open ourselves up and say, let's put everything else that we've been doing to look at this and let's give it another view. Let's look at it from another perspective. He's giving us that opportunity. You know, we just aren't opening ourselves up to do it. Um, he's made comments like, is it, you know, there's a possibility these things have been here all along. He's made the, com the comment that there's a possibility that these things are probably indigenous to this planet. You know, when you start putting all of these comments together, you're talking about the same thing that's being described in the Bible. Mm -hmm. The term interdimensional, if you talk to a Christian, a Christian's going to say, oh, you mean spiritual. Yep. Dimensional, spiritual. Okay. Scientists call it another dimension. A Christian knows it to be the spiritual dimension. We know that we're not alone in the universe. The Bible tells us that God created other beings, but those beings are not physical beings. They live in a spiritual realm. We know that the scriptures tell us, and it gives examples of it, to where they tell us in the stories that they've been able to manifest physically as messengers of God and talk to humans in this realm, okay? The descriptions of how they do this and the abilities that they have mirror the so-called technology that, that they're describing of these right. objects. So I don't believe that what we're seeing is high technology. For a person that doesn't accept biblical scripture, they can only relate to this in terms of science and science vocabulary. So they have to use the word, you know, this has got to be some yeah. kind of high technology. Yeah. But I believe this is just the natural ability of these entities to be able to take matter and energy and form it on this side of the veil. Okay, there's that term I used in the book. Yeah. Okay, they're on our side of the veil. And they're able to, they can't create anything. They can't, you know, build a ship and bring it here. What they're doing is taking what's already here. They can form it to give an appearance of whatever they want it to, appear, to, to, to make it appear as. What's the purpose of this whole phenomenon? They're in a deceptive mode. 
Everything they're doing is to deceive us. Everything they've done is a deception. They're coming here in a guise as extraterrestrials from another world. Everything points to making us believe that they're extraterrestrial biological entities from another world. That's why everybody's expecting that, because that's what it appears to be. But that's the appearance that they've been giving. Look at Jack Ballet's book, mm-hmm. Masquerade of Angels. Yep. Okay. He knew what was going on here. He suspected this is what was happening. Okay. He knew this wasn't biological entities from other worlds. He was seeing this issue long ago, but people just said, nah, nah we're not going there. And the reason they don't want to go there is because if you start accepting what, Bi- what the Bible says is real and what God says is real, that means you're going to have to be accountable for things you do in your life. And a lot of people don't want to be that. They don't want yeah. to deal with that. No. So no. That's, what we're, that's what's going on here. But why are they doing this? That's the big question. Why are they trying to pull this deception off? Well, if you take it back again to Scripture, which it, if this is following the line of biblical scripture, then scripture's got to have an answer for why this is going on. Well, it seems though scripture does. It seems as though this is what is being referred to as the strong delusion. It says that in the end times that God will send a strong delusion that if it were possible, even the very elect be deceived. That does that means that this thing is going to be so powerful and so complicated and so convincing that it's going to be hard to distinguish whether it's real or not. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Okay. Well, who did I say is sending it? Mm. God's sending it. Yep. God himself is sending this delusion to deceive humanity. This is hard to comprehend by most people. Why would God do that? Because God's fed up, just like he was prior to the flood, Mm -hmm. when he destroyed every living thing except one family. He's tired of everything that people are turned away from him. Okay, and he's making a final call. He's saying, you want to turn your way? You want to believe all this garbage you guys are believing? I'm going to give you one last opportunity. You want to lie to believe? Here you go. And only the elect that truly believe in me are not going to fall for it. He's letting the demonic realm perpetrate this delusion with their lying signs and wonders. This is the biblical story. If you take this back to Exodus, when Moses was in the desert leading the Israelites for the 40 years in the desert, there's a story in there that is a a prophecy that is a foreshadow of this event. Okay? Right. There's a story in there. This is thousands of years ago. This was prophesied would happen. It is two prophecies and it's foreshadowing two events foreshadowing the crucifixion and foreshadowing this strong delusion what happened in exodus the people were grumbling against moses and against god 
Here they were being fed every day. Every day they were being fed with manna from heaven. All they had to do was go out and pick it up every morning. Mm-hmm. They were being fed water coming out of the ground in the middle of a desert. God was supplying everything they need, and they still grumbled. Grumbled, and then the serpents turned up. Ah, who sent the serpents? God. God sent the serpents. The serpents represented what? Death. Mm-hmm. Because if they got bit by the serpents, they died. What saved them? What was the only thing that could save them if they got bit by a serpent? God told Moses to take one of those fiery serpents and put it on a pole. And if they just looked to the pole with the serpent on it, they would live. That is an exact foreshadowing of the crucifixion. Look to the Savior and you'll live. Mm You'll be saved from death. Right now, we're at a point in history, in the biblical timeline, we're at a point in history where we're not just talking about physical death. We're talking about eternal death. Eternal death. Okay? This is about salvation itself. God's given us a free hope of eternal salvation with him. But people are refusing it. That's a lot better hope than what I'm offering of, you know, being free from abductions he's offering a hope of eternity with him but he's we we're grumbling everybody's grumbling against god they don't want to they don't want nothing to do with him they want everything else but Mm -hmm. so here we got these demonic entities that are harassing people they're biting them just like in moses day and they're looking everywhere for help okay looking for support groups looking for quick fixes but what does my research show? All you've got to do is look to Jesus on that cross. And you live. Right. And, and because, of, of the, um, because of the climate we're living in now and, uh, and the, uh, the way people's belief systems have completely flipped around, because this is coming and your research and findings are coming from a Christian perspective, is this a reason that it's being dismissed and 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 causing you know causing um i'm trying to think of the right word you know consternation i guess in a lot of people because it's coming from a christian perspective they they just don't want to they they, they don't want to hear that i believe it is uh before i became a christian i didn't want to hear that i mean i was in that same boat you know and, and people a lot of people that don't know me you know when they hear a talk like this they're going to say Oh, here's one of those Bible thumpers, you know, mm-hmm. but people don't, but unless they know me and they hear my whole story, and I'll tell you that real quick, I wasn't always a Bible thumper. I was, you know, I was one of the worst of the worst. I didn't become a follower of Jesus Christ until I was 42 years old. You know, I got lots of people still around that know me in my old ways, but I had to make a choice at some time, you know, I finally got to the point where that blinder was taken off. And right now you've got the truth that's being given to us and it's being put right there. And you've got to come to that point to where you've got to take those blinders off and see this truth or you're doomed. And, and I'm telling you what we're seeing here is, and, and I, and I got this, this feeling that this government of ours 
knows this truth. You know, the Brookings report is it's one of the it's one of the things that's well talked about in the UFO field. Yep. The Brookings report done back in the in the early to mid 60s. Uh, NASA had the Brookings report contracted by the Brookings Institute. They wanted a report done, a study done on what they felt this think tank felt that the effects would be if NASA came in contact with any type of extraterrestrial life or evidence of extraterrestrial life. What would, it, would the effects be on society? They wanted to be ready for that. So the findings that came out from this Brookings report, and a lot of people have interpreted it different ways, but they said that the effects on society would be, you know, very dramatic. And especially on institutions of faith. Okay. Right. Right. And that's what you hear over and over and over is it's going to affect the, the institutions of faith in our society. Well, if this message can get out there the way I'm trying to get it out there, I think this is going to be the opposite effect. And I think that there's a good possibility that we have people in our government that know this. And this is why that it's being it's being let out the way it is. It, they're not coming out and saying exactly what this is. And I think this is being done this way on purpose. If you listen exactly what's happening out there and the way these guys are trying to share this information, it's very, very, very similar to the movie Inception. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. What was the concept there? If you're going to make somebody do something it's got to be their idea right. they have to own it this is exactly what we're seeing happening right now they're trying to get us to own it they don't want to be the ones that said this is what this is they're trying to give us enough tidbits to where we go oh i know what this is that way we own it not the government right Right. This is this whole thing smacks of MK12 brainwashing. Yeah. But yeah. that's the way it's got to be done because if the government comes out and says what I believe this actually is, this whole world's going to go upside down. Yeah. And at the moment, uh, I mean, we've got the way, the way people are basically being shut up is they're being you know with social media being such a powerful tool right now as people are being shamed you know and peer pressured out of kind of believing what your findings are uh, are coming up with so it's it's going to be a tough road to, to hoe <laughs> but um why aren't why aren't other researchers reporting what you're finding? Um, are they seeing and hearing the same thing, or, or they're just choosing to ignore it? <sighs> or because it's not sexy enough? Yeah, that's all of the above. <laughs> right. Um, I do know that you know some of them in the beginning. I found out that we're coming across the same thing, but it didn't fit the agenda. I mean. How far are you going to get it in the circus trying to share this story, you know? Mm -hmm. um, not far. Uh, that's 
why I continue to work full time, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, you got to you got to tow the tow the UFO line or no. There's a few people that you know have followed into this work and you know support this work, but uh, I've been lonely at this, you know. Yeah. So so that means that the response you've had since the book was released hasn't been great uh, hasn't been supportive of what you're you're finding um not by peer review but the response has been great by people that are experiencers right the people that need to hear it and that's what i'm after i don't really care what the peer review is because i mean when it all boils down to it I mean, we're talking about millions and millions and millions of experiences. You are. You are. And you know, this over 20 years of doing this, a lot of people have been reached uh, a lot more than I can ever imagine. I go on to YouTube and I just look at all the different sites that have grabbed my talks over the years. And, you know, they're their sites are grabbing numbers, you know, from my videos that I don't even see their counts, you know, and I snoop around now and then I came across one somebody sent to me a couple of weeks ago, and I was kind of surprised by it. Um, it was a Catholic priest that was doing a sermon, a 45 minute video of a sermon he was doing on my work. And uh, he had my 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 website up there and he starts off showing these people he says i'm gonna warn you this is going to be kind of crazy <laughs> and what he wanted to show with these people was the the power in the name and authority of jesus christ you know and i'm looking at this i'm going well this is amazing and i look down at the counter down there on the on his youtube counter that one video had been seen by fifty-two thousand people you know, and I'm like, wow. And I didn't even know it existed, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so many out there like that. You know, I had a gentleman contact me, said he supported my work. He, he was trying to help out any way he could. And he, he sent me a video uh, link. And he said, I've been translating your conference videos for you into my language. And he says, I'm Hungarian. He sent me the link and I looked at it on his website. It was all subtitled in Hungarian. And it had 84,000 hits on it. I'm going, wow, are you Goodness. kidding me? Yeah. You know? So, you know, it, it's reaching people, you know, and I have no idea how many people I've reached yeah. over the years. Well, I mean, what about MUFON? Um, you're, you're part of the MUFON uh, um, setup. Um, do, they, do they sanction what you're doing or do they push back on some of the, some of the research that you release out there? Um, neither one, <laughs> actually. Um, I've had the opportunity to talk one-on-one -on -one with five of the past executive directors of MUFON since I've been in MUFON since 92. Um, even the founder of MUFON, Walt Andrus, before he um, resigned, before he passed away, I had a chance to talk with him. Um, my co-founder of CE4, way back when, he had posted an article uh, on our first website and uh, he was kind of angry with somebody in MUFON he posted an article up there and it, it got Walt's attention and Walt called me on my 
my phone. This is when we had before cell phones and he yep. called me right at home. Yep. And uh, I was like, oh, <laughs> and he says, can you tell me about this article? And I said, well, Walt, first of all, I didn't write it. It was my partner. And uh, he was kind of angry about the way we were treated. And he goes, yeah, I understand. And he says, if you got a moment, can you tell me about your work? And I went through the whole thing, took about 45 minutes. And he says, you know, I see nothing wrong with it. And he says, I'm quite impressed. You know, and that was the first one. And over the years, I've had a chance, like I said, to talk to five different executive directors. Um, the last one before the one we got now, Jan Harzan, I was part of a documentary put out by Gary Bates and Creation Ministries International back in 2018 on a documentary that they had put together called uh, Alien Intrusion. And they had it to where it aired at 712 um, movie theaters across the U.S. all on the same day. And then it went to Australia and then New mm -hmm. Zealand and then to Canada and then went to DVD, which is still on DVD. And you can get it from their website. And awesome documentary and a good two-hour documentary. It had some great people in there. Norio Hayakawa, Nick Redfern was in it. Uh, I had some of my experiencers in there. Some of the scientists from Creation Ministries in there. Gary Vase was in, of course. Uh, myself, Guy Malone. Uh, some good people in there. And we asked Jan Harzan, the director at the time of MUFON, if we could use their promotional video for MUFON. Because I was going to come across as a MUFON director mm -hmm. in the yep. documentary. You know, I was because I always promote MUFON and I'll promote it right here on your show mm -hmm. because anybody that wants to do real research and real investigative work in ufology, I recommend MUFON and I recommend their standards on the same, you know, yep. so I have no problems backing them and supporting them. So I wanted to do the same in the documentary. So I contacted Jan and I said, Jan, you have a promotional video out there. Can we use it in the movie? And he says, sure, I have no problem with that. So when the movie came out, before it went to theater, I sent him a copy on the DVD to watch. And he watched it and he shared it amongst the hierarchy in the MUFON headquarters there in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, then it came out in the theater. Well, in later that year, I went to the symposium out there. Uh, in Philadelphia. I met him in Philadelphia for the MUFON Symposium. And I had a one-on-one -on -one breakfast with him. And uh, he says, uh, I got to tell you about that video. <laughs> I says, a uh, little bit of flack did you get? He goes, uh, yeah. And uh, he told me the story. He said, the night that thing aired, the calls were ringing off, ringing his phone off the hook. Members had thought they were going to see an alien movie. And uh, when they got in there and realized what they were watching, uh, they were kind of upset. They thought wow. they'd been taken, especially seeing him in the movie, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, me being in there representing Buffon and all my gear. And uh, <laughs> first thing they were asking him is, is this the stance we're taking? You know, and he said, uh, just calm down. He says, they, he told him, he says, his, his research is legit. 
You know, he's done this the right way. We're not, this is not a stance we're taking, but he has every right to share his exactly. work. Yep. Just as you do. So he stood his ground as he would for them. And it was like, wow, this is great. But he told me, he says, you know, I can't, I can't share your work as saying this is what we represent. But at the same time, I see that there's nothing wrong with what you've done, you know, so I'm not going to turn against it. But at the same time, I can't say we support it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was fine with that. And that's the way MUFON's been all along. Yeah. So yeah. as long as, as long as that's the way it is, I have no problem with that. Yeah. You know, and I support them in every way, you know, it's, yeah. it's been like a, a love hate relationship for 25 years, you know, I can understand. I mean, I, I'm, I really admire the work people like Kathleen Martin are doing, you know, with the experience of research group and, you know, the stats and, and research that they're compiling. But uh, yeah, it's like you, at any opportunity, I'll, you know, I'll promote them whenever I can. But what about the uh, CE4 research group? I mean, what, what are the future plans with the group? Well, um, we got two more books in the work. And the group has grown. The group, I, the reason I call it group is over the years, uh, we started out as a group. And we started out as a group because the group initially were my members of my MUFON group in, in Brevard County, Florida. Um, we started out as initially MUFON field investigators that were doing MUFON work. And we decided to go into abductions. And I took the initial field investigators and we just in. Um, but over the years, people came and went. And over 25 years, I've had many people come and gone, but I've always kept it CE4 research group right. because I've always had people working with me. Um, but like I said, they do come and they go. Um, I've been there all along, but you know, different people come and go. Right now, I've got uh, four good people that are working with me very close, five people working with me very close. And uh, this is a really good bunch. And uh, Jason December, I had him co-author on the first book with me. And uh, he's had an opportunity to do some good speaking engagements. He spoke with uh, a conference out in uh, California on a virtual conference with uh, one of the MUFON groups out there, um, Lorraine Fenton's group, that uh, mm-hmm. she did a virtual conference out there, and he did good with her. And uh, he's going to be up and coming. I, I picked him because he he's perfect for this. Uh, he, you know, he's he's almost me younger. <laughs> right. And uh, if if you put us together, you know, we're like father and son in appearance too. Uh, we joke about that, and. I wanted to be able to make it so that I don't have to be everywhere at the same time. You know, I wanted to be able to not make this just about me. I wanted to be able to make it about the research. So I'm trying to make it to where I can train up some people to say, I can't be in Denver. I need you to go to Denver. You know, the work, you know, the research, you know, the testimonies go do CE4 for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to be there. It's not about me. It's about the testimonies themselves, you know? So go do that. You're fine. And the idea of getting them to be part of the book 
gets them the recognition that they need to say, Hey, this guy's an author too. You know, right. he's welcome to come here and, and you know, and represent CE4. So the second book is, is uh, actually, I'll give you the title for it. It's, it's unholy communion casualties of a cosmic war. Okay. And all of the people that are working with me right now are former experiences and they've got some really powerful testimonies. Um, they were at one time casualties of this cosmic war. They are no longer casualties. They've been healed mm -hmm. and they're powerful workers to help other people. But the story that we're putting together for this second book is about that whole process. And it's to give people hope. And they'll all be on this second book. So it gives them all that ability to say, any one of you guys can now take off and do this. Right. Okay. Right. So I'm training them up to be able to do this. But at the same time, they've all got different talents. Um, I've got two of them in Australia, one in New York, one mm -hmm. in California, one in Indiana. So we're spread out. You know, I've got different time zones we're working with, different um, abilities they're working with. One's doing video, one's doing Twitter, you know. Yeah. I got all yeah. different things that are helping out. So it's Correct. coming together really good. Fantastic. Um, we're just discussing possibly putting together uh, maybe a documentary, you know, ourselves together, try and capture some of this to be able to, you know, get to the church because the concept here is to empower the church. The church is an army, you know, that if you can arm them with the truth, to where they can go out and share it we can get a whole lot more accomplished mm -hmm. because if this if this is right if this is what scripture says it is if my findings are right if all of this is right then these people should be acting on it yeah but they're not they're not being taught this it, it's like the lost people don't want it and the church doesn't want it. Nobody wants this. Yeah. But yet it's the answer to all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, it belongs to the church. If they're trying to reach people that need reaching, and this is the deception of the end times, then the church needs to hear this. And well, we're trying John, to make it so that they can understand it in a yeah. short, powerful form. Yeah. Joe, I think, Sadly, though, uh, the church isn't what it used to be. Um, you know, we talked about earlier about people being shamed and peer pressured out of, um, you know, letting their true feelings known. And I think uh, there are many that uh, many people that head churches around the country today who are in the same boat and uh, and don't want to rock the boat for fear of losing their uh, what do you call it their their, their, their charity status and uh, and just too frightened to, to speak up. I think there's a, a way to reach, a reach the right people, though. And I think the right people are the ones that, at this point, may be afraid to speak up. But there's an older crowd out there. If you can show the horrors involved in this phenomenon, if you can really get that across, I'm talking, this second book, we're going to really get down and dirty mm -hmm. of what the damage is to these people from this experience. If you can get that across to grandma sitting on the pew, you understand? Yeah, yeah. And convince her that 
grandma, do you know that your grandkids are involved in this? Do you know that they're opening themselves up to this? You just might wake her up. Yep. Yep. That's the one that's going to make a change. And that's what I was saying about it, it, the church not being what it used to be. It's, it's just become, it's just become uh, too vanilla these days. And, uh, and a lot of, um, a lot of heads of churches and pastors, uh, all they can think of is, is getting a, you know, a half hour spot on, on TVN and, 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 and preaching, preaching a vanilla message. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm actually pointing the finger at probably the largest uh, church following in the country here who uh, has said nothing against a lot of the issues that, that are affecting us today. Yep. But uh, we, we, we could go off into a rabbit hole here, Joe, but <laughs> we, we, we just might, we just might leave it there. I had one question. I didn't know whether you could answer or, or would want to an answer it, but I feel as a, as a UFO believing community, and I mean, I guess we're all fighting for the for the same truth in the end. But you know, factions within within the community itself. Like, do you ever think that CE four and and CE five could ever come together and work together? Oh, <laughs> that's what I, I didn't think you would want to answer answer it. It'd be pretty tough. Um, oh, that's a touchy one. Yeah. If you understand what CE5 is doing, CE5 is initiating contact with these entities. Let me let me try to explain what's happening there. Ah, this is scary stuff. You've, mm -hmm. opened a, you've opened a tough one here. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect you to answer it. but uh... Oh, I'm going to, because this is the one that people need to understand about this one this is what you're dealing with here is contactee okay this is ce5 this is people that are in contact with the entities okay this this is when people become what they call contactees communication is going back and forth mm -hmm. and it's a telepathic communication okay within these entities. Well, let me ask you something. Put a, put a hypothetical on this. You don't know me. I come to your door. You're sitting watching TV one night. And I'm bam, 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 bam on your door. You go and look at the door and you peep out your little, look out your little peephole. I don't know this guy. Bam, 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 bam. I don't know this guy. Make sure the chain's on the little latch and you open the door a little bit. Yes, can I help you? Let me in. Who are you? I'm the police. I don't, don't look like a cop. Here's my credentials. You're going to let me in, right? Yes. No. <laughs> ah, why not? You're not sure, right? No. You're going to validate. You're going to say, let me see that badge and let me go make a phone call. You're going to go through a whole bunch of stuff before you let me in that house, right? Mm -hmm. They don't do any of that with this CE5 stuff. They don't question anything. They don't question the source. They don't question the motive. These people are allowing an entity to come into their mind 
and they know its source or anything. That is scary. Right. Or its ability. If this is what it looks like from my research, if this is a demonic spiritual entity and you are welcoming it into your mind, that's really scary. Okay, okay, but from what I from what I can gather, no one's been hurt doing it though. Ah. That's another good part of this though. The intent is deception. Right. Okay, remember, let's go back to the name of the game. The name of the game is deception and it's delusion. What was the purpose of God sending this delusion? To make you make that final decision. Are you for him or against him? If these entities are against him, but, oh, they're so great to be in friends with, I choose them. Are you in danger or not? Mm -hmm. You're in danger of eternal damnation. Yeah. Is that danger? That's something, something you don't want. But these people don't know that. They don't even think about that. Well, we don't believe in all that Bible stuff. Mm -hmm. These entities haven't harmed us in any way. Yeah, it's... Um... This is remember, it's delusion, and that's and that's the whole uh, that's the, the the whole idea and the whole premise of your research is to uh, expose the illusion. Yeah. All right, Joe. Well, that's taken us up to about time, but another fascinating. Right. Joe, let's talk again uh, when the book's released and, uh, and and about the book itself. Sure, love to. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Joe Jordan of the CE4 Research Group joining us today.